E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. So good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another exciting uh, podcast we've got for you today on the Expander series. I, I'm really excited for this one. This is something that we've been working on over the last couple of weeks. And um, uh, it's been a great pleasure to get Florian on the call today because you know, we've watched his uh, social following and his Instagram grow over the last, you know, last couple of months. And, and, and now it's an opportunity for us to get involved and hear more about that story and see if we can help spread that word for him as well. So Florian, welcome. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So Florian, uh, why don't you just give everyone a little introduction about you and you know, who you are, where you are, and, and perhaps a little bit about sort of the Instagram story, because that sort of lines up into where we are. Yeah. So my name is Florian. I'm from Germany. Uh, I've been living in, uh, in the United Arab Emirates for the past seven years now um, in Dubai. And, uh, and I sell on Germany, uh, on Amazon Germany. So I got into this a little over a year ago. Um, as a matter of fact, I started looking into Amazon about two years ago. And then it took me a little while just, you know, just reading up on it and researching. And, and, and I actually started that in, uh, I would say, uh, beginning of last year. Fantastic. I got me hooked. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. So, two, I mean, there's a couple of things there for me. So how did you end up in Dubai? What was the, why move from Germany to Dubai? Well, initially I moved there uh, as a personal trainer. So I was involved in fitness and that was my sort of thing. And I started a business there five years ago. I started a PT company there. Yeah. Um, and then I started to hire trainers and so on. So that grew. And uh, but about two years ago, as I said, I, I heard about Amazon. And that's something that fascinated me. Just the way you can scale a business online was always something that uh, I found extremely interesting because you're not really dealing with a team. If you... For example, my other business, the PT, the PT business, I'm having a team, I'm having staff. And the idea that you can build and scale a business without actually having a lot of people involved um, and, and source a lot of components out was something that, you know, I found really interesting. That's why, that's why I went for it. Yeah, I mean, that, so that's... I still have the PT business. I'm doing the Amazon sort of on the side. I'm not taking any money out. I'm trying to grow it to a point where at some point it can support me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. And that's a great way. I mean, that's a... It's a similar story we hear from other sellers where they've, they've sort of, uh, you know, they started it part-time, you know, sort of the bedroom yeah. business, garage business type, type sort of uh, pros, process where they've started something and, and slowly grown it. And it was just a hobby to start off with, for the want of a better word. I don't want to downgrade it because it's not, but it was sort of, well, let's just see what happens. And before they know it, wow, look, this is crazy. And uh, it gives them, because as you say, staff, all my staff here are amazing, by the way, but they do bring you additional headaches that you wouldn't get yes. if you don't have them. Like, it's as simple as that. Yeah. True. So, True. so yeah, so you've ended up in Dubai. Um, you're not in Dubai at the moment, though, are you? No, I'm in Germany right now. So I had to escape the, the, the summer heat for a little while. <laughs> so, it, it gets yeah. pretty hot there, as we, as we talked about in the past. It's pretty toasty. So, very, yeah, very so, hot. Yeah. So... Let, let's go right back to that beginning of that journey, if that's okay. The, you know, you, sure. you obviously sort of saw some things perhaps online. You started looking at stuff, what was, you know, what what was going to work. And 
what was the sort of the first process, the sort of first product? How did that all come about? So, I mean, in terms of the Instagram, uh, to, to just briefly touch on that, I wanted to basically document this entire process from the very first day. So my very first post is literally when I was in Germany about two years ago, I was, in the, was here in the summer, uh, same place that, I, that I'm at right now. And, uh, and, and I came across Amazon. So I basically, my first post on my Instagram was basically me actually, you know, thinking about starting an Amazon business. And then I documented it. And I, I wanted to do this from the very first day, even though I had no results, I had nothing to show for. But I also did that to hold myself accountable. I put myself out there from the very first day just to also hold myself accountable because people still start asking, hey, how's it going? How's things going? And um, I didn't want to slack off. I want to constantly you know, provide something, provide content for people. And that holds me, holds me accountable as well. That's a big part of why I started to document it that early on. That, that accountability, yeah. sorry to jump in there for that accountability, do you think that comes from your PT where you're, you're training other people and, and you're holding them to account? Yeah, possibly, possibly, yeah. And, and also what we, what we do with clients is, most clients that are embarking on a journey, let's call it a weight loss journey, they don't want their pictures taken on day one. They want their pictures taken after a month or two or three when they yeah. already have results. Yeah. And it's such a shame. Why wouldn't you just document it from the very first day? Because it's just amazing to see where you basically where you started from zero. And, and that's exactly what I wanted to do with that journey. Just from the very first day, no results, nothing to show for. And then you move along. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that, that, big, that accountability is a big, big part. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that, that accountability is one of the things we hear on a regular basis is how do I hold myself to account? What do I need yes. to do to be accountable? Because when you run your own business, the only one you're really accountable to is you. And, okay. you know, sometimes by putting it out there and saying, here's what I'm doing and here's where I'm going, you're saying, no, no, you're going to hold me to account because I don't want to look silly when I, you know, when I, when I, when I, if, I, if, I if I stop after one week. Um, yeah. and, and so clearly you've, got, you've been going a lot longer than that. See, and, and a lot of people don't even, when they start something new, something fresh, they, they're afraid to tell people about it because they don't want to come across as a failure if they, for some reason, don't achieve the result. And I think that's a shame. Um, why wouldn't you tell people and uh, help them, as I said, help them make you accountable for what you, what you want to accomplish? I think that's a great thing. You should not be embarrassed if, for some reason, things don't work out. Just put yourself out there, man. It's just that I... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just the way I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's amazing. So, yeah, with the so the Instagram started right at the beginning. Uh, and actually, yeah. while we're talking about the Instagram, uh, let's just do a, a a shout out to what that is. We'll do that at the end, as we always do. But let's do that now, so that people, yeah, you know, if they're listening, they could sort of go and search that and follow you while we while we while we're talking about it. So, so my Instagram handle, I only use Instagram as a social media channel, is uh, my seven figure FBA journey. So literally starting from zero and trying to scale this business to a million dollars in sales a year. So that's, have, you got that's a, have, have you got a time scale in mind? I, I, I don't. You don't you, no, fine. I, I don't. I don't. See, I, it, when I started, to be very honest, I had wrong expectations. When I started Amazon FBA, I did have wrong expectations. Because you see all that stuff out there, right? And uh, it's just not that easy. And my first product just, it just really dragged along for a long time. And, uh, and I thought, you know, it's not going to work. I, I, had, I had doubts along the way all the time. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. When you start something, 
that entrepreneurial journey is you always have a lot of self-doubt, but uh, you just have to keep pushing. And, um, and I did doubt a lot, but I, I never put a time frame on there. It's just, for me, it's just, it's just a journey, you know, um, to and the real reward on this is, is, is also the, the things that you learn on that journey that really, uh, that's al always something that interested me. It's just the person that you become on that. Yeah, agreed. Okay, all right, good. So let's talk about that first product. So you, what, how, how did the first product come about? Was it something you was keen in? Was it something you found? What happened there? Yeah, I mean, the first product, obviously, I uh, see that I did a lot of mistakes with that. And uh, I researched that product at the peak of Q4, which obviously screws up all the numbers, right? And I didn't know better. <laughs> I didn't know any better. And, uh, and it was a seasonal product. And, you know, it was something that was very complicated to manufacture. I would not do this again as my first product. But um, I'm still selling it. I'm, I'm selling it out now. I still have a few units left, but I'm not going to continue it. But I, I think that's something that a lot of people have to understand. Your first product is most likely not going to uh, hit it out the park or succeed. But that's okay. You have to accept that. You have to understand that this is all part of the process. You have to make these mistakes. You got to go through it. And learning really is the most important thing in that business. In any, in any business, but you know, especially in Amazon, you have to learn. And if you make these mistakes early on, it's good because then you can move on. You're not going to repeat them later on. But so uh, if you, yeah. If you could take out a couple of those key learning points you took from that first product, what would it be? I mean, first of all is manage your expectations. That's the very first thing before going to, to any business, right? Um, and then in terms of the product, uh, one of the major, major mistakes that I've done is I didn't do, see, I've, I was looking for products rather than for keywords. And pe people, on, on, people don't look for products on Amazon, they look for keywords. And that product did not have a lot of keyword demand. It had only a few keywords that were driving most of the traffic. And now I'm always going for products that have a lot of keywords associated with the product. So that was, a, that was probably the main mistake that I've done. There was only two main keywords on the product and that wasn't, that, that wasn't enough. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. And let's, let's, cause you, and then when you launched, you sort yeah. of, you found the product, you launched, and obviously we've already heard from you saying, you know, you're based in Germany, you, you lived in Germany. You, the obvious choice was to launch in Germany. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Cause I know the mentality of the people here. So, and obviously I speak the language as well. And that's why I decided to, to, to launch the product in Germany. And there's also a product that it's more likely to, to be sold in Germany rather than yeah. in other marketplaces. Yeah. And so let's just talk about the German market. How do you think that the German market differs between, you know, the, the UK or the US or, or elsewhere? What does the German buyer consume like? See, Germans are very, very picky. And then when it comes to products, you have to be, you have to be careful that whatever product you're putting out in the market it has to be a top-notch product. Germans are very picky. And if something is not right with the product, they will leave you a bad review. Um, whereas in the States, I'm not selling in the States, but from what, what I hear, um, American mentality is a little different. Um, but, but Germans are very, very strict. They're very, they know what they want and they expect quality products. It doesn't matter what price you sell it at, they always expect a, product, a quality product. So that's the one thing, if you sell products in Germany, make sure that they're right and uh, that the quality is good. Yeah, fantastic. All right, good. So then we launched, then you sort of went and found after the first product. How was it between, long between the first product and finding your second or third product? 
Yeah, see, my first product, as I said, it dragged on for a long time. Um, yeah. I made a few sales, but it wasn't enough cash flow to to really be comfortable and using that cash flow to to uh, to launch another product. So, you know, and looking back in hindsight, I was spent. I spent too much time on my first product. I should have just cut it and move on. But again, I, I went through these things. I made a lot of mistakes. And the thing is all part of it. I, I had to go through this um, in order to understand and also to be able to find that second product. Because I, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm looking for in products right now that I didn't know when I started out. So, um, so yeah, just, just kept searching, kept looking for products. And at some point I said, I, I have to move on. I have to get another product. I need cash flow. I need that cash flow yeah. to, to launch more products. And um, that's when I found my second product. And luckily, I launched it in, launched, actually launched it a month ago. Um, and it's really been really taken off ever since. So, and I needed, also I needed that for my confidence level. Um, yeah. When you launch your first product and it's not really taken off, you, you know, you start doubting yourself. But um, just keep going, really. Just keep going, don't stop. Keep learning yeah. and keep searching. So that's the second product. How far yes. away are we to the third product or fourth product? Well, I'm already looking to, uh, to uh, I'm looking for my third product right now. So I'm hoping to launch another one this year. Yeah, fantastic. And, and how do you search? What's your criteria? Have you got a, an Alibaba? Have you got a, a saucer? Are you looking for China? Or are you looking elsewhere in the world? I mean, everywhere, basically. So one of the, I'm, I love using, for example, I love using Pinterest as a product research tool uh, because there's a lot of products that are trendy on Pinterest that you cannot find on Amazon. Yeah. So what I would do is obviously I use software. I use um, my filters that I, that I run to find products. And then I use Pinterest as well. So I type in this product on Pinterest and I see what Pinterest uh, suggests. Yeah. And it gives me a lot of interesting variations and, and styles that I don't find on Amazon. So, um, but then in terms of product research everywhere, I mean, I go through a supermarket and I look at things that might be selling on Amazon and I look them up and see if there's any demand. So just, you know, everywhere, just have, keep your eyes open. Yeah, with the, uh, I, I, in the early days, I used to have a scanner on my phone. I used to go around and scan things in the, you know, there used to be, you'd go into a shop and this is sort of in, in a bit of arbitrage. You sort of go around and find, you'd be using the scanner and scan this and like, right, how much is that selling for? Right, buy 10 of those. Um, uh, it was, yeah, quite a few years ago now, but that, that was really exciting actually, because you're in the shop and you're like, right, scan that. Wow, oh, epic. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then we moved into a three D printing. I did some three D printing for a while. And one of the things we were looking at is how can we take the products from the three D printing world that people are buying lots of because they're getting getting it made, and then making a product out of that, and then selling it on Amazon because you basically take that product, design it, and then you can you can roll out with it. So there's a, there's another way we we did do some products uh, in the early days as well, which was actually really exciting because you. You get these things 3D printed. That's really yeah. exciting. Um, I, I don't know if many people out there actually still do. I mean, people are still doing 3D printing, but I don't know how they're using that in their in an e-commerce world, getting things before they uh, yeah, before they get things shipped. Most people now get things made in China and then get a test product sent over. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty common now. So tell me, but let's think about launch strategy. When you've launched this second product in the last uh, month, what was the yep. sort of key things you were thinking for the launch? I mean, for me, the launch, I'm, I did a 100% PPC launch. So I was very aggressive on the launch. Um, I had eight different PPC campaigns. Um, so I did this, when I launched my first product, I, I think I had an automatic campaign running. Um, and then the standard stuff, you know, you let it run for a little bit. 
um, and then you tweak it, you take some keywords out, putting putting them into an exact. But from from this time, I had a lot of campaigns running at the same time. I was targeting my my competitors, um, and and just I did a lot of research on the keywords, and there were so many keywords. So I had I was running a very very aggressive PPC launch, and then I had some bloggers and some influencers reaching out to them to test my product um, and and have it on their feeds and their social media. So. You know, really looking into Facebook ads, ManyChat, that's something that I want to uh, pursue for my for my next product. That's something I really want to get into. But for now, just purely PPC. Now, you, so obviously you've got, you know, you've obviously set up a business in the past. Like I like to learn a bit about how that all sort of comes back. So how do you educate yourself? What's the thing that gets you going? I'm not saying necessarily you, you read books, but what's the sort of thing that you learn from the most that's helped you sort of inspire you? You know, I, I try to learn something every single day. I, um, I, I do books, obviously I read a lot. Um, but what I also do is I, I listen to a lot of things. There's a lot of downtime that we have during the day uh, when we drive somewhere, when we cook, when we clean, when we in the gym, there's a lot of things where you can actually listen to something. And that's what I try to do. I try to listen to podcasts on a daily basis, uh, audio books, and uh, just doing things that, you know, when I drive or when I'm in the gym, I'm just trying to use that time and, and learn something. Um, but uh, books I try to read a little bit every single day um, and, and that's, that's how I try to keep my mind sharp just learning on a daily basis I think that's the greatest weapon that you have as an entrepreneur just educate yourself and then also apply right a lot of people read and, and, and learn but they never apply so that's the key really but you have to keep learning because you at the end of the day you're, you're, you're the bottleneck right and you can only grow the business uh, based on your capabilities and if you grow your business can grow as well but you also you're always the bottleneck yeah I, I think that's really key actually actually just picking up on that podcast bit um you did a pot you did a, a post I, I think it's one of your last posts around you know, yes. the top top podcast yes. that you've listened to i was obviously yes. disappointed not to have ours on there uh, but uh, tell me about some of those you listen to because uh, we could do a shout out to some of those actually i think that's really i mean important. i love them I, I love Helium Tennis podcast. I think they yeah. have a, they have great content. I've I've learned a lot through them. Um, you know, the AMPM podcast obviously is is a great podcast as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few others. If people go on my Instagram, they can actually check that post and uh, see the reference there. But uh, again, I mean, there's there's just so much noise in the Amazon world. So I think just really pick a few podcasts uh, that you resonate with. Pick the people that you're uh, that you like and that make sense to you, and then just stick to those. Uh, I think don't overload yourself with too much stuff. Just find people that you trust and, uh, and then just stick to that. I think that's sound advice. I think that that ability to try and listen to everything, you end up with too many people giving you too many bits True. and you can't yeah. coming back to the action bit. You've got right. to take action on this stuff because otherwise you've, you've, got, you've got a head full of content and you're not actually actioning it, which is absolutely pointless. Exactly what you're saying. And I think yeah. that's really, really key for, for. I think I think the biggest learning is uh, only takes place when you do, when you execute. You know, it's great to listen to books and to read, and, and that's all great. Don't get me wrong, uh, but you have to you have to go into execution mode. Otherwise, what are you doing it for? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what were the the biggest blockers on Amazon that you found? What were the things that were the biggest obstacles to overcome? Biggest obstacles to overcome for me, one of the main issues in the beginning was just pulling the trigger on the first product. I think that's what a lot of people have, are afraid when you, you know, you finally decide and you put that deposit down, you send that thing to China 
it's a scary feeling. Um, so I think that is, once you're on that journey, once you make that first step, you're on your way, right? Um, so that was probably the hardest thing for me in the beginning, just to start, just to make that first leap of faith and, 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 and go from there. Um, but I mean, there's a ton of mistakes, a ton of lessons that I've learned just still to this day, every single day, right? But the one thing is just, just keep moving forward, have faith. And if you don't stop, you will eventually get wherever you want to, you want to go to. So just don't stop, just keep going. Yeah. Right. And, and you need to understand, you need to understand that you have to make these mistakes. You have them. There are, they have to make them. They are essential in your, uh, in your progress. Yeah, agreed. I, I think don't be afraid. No, that's quite right. So with, with Germany, obviously you've just launched on Germany at the moment. And I think you alluded to some of that a moment ago where you feel that your products, you aren't necessarily a great resonation with some of the other market. Well, that might have been for your first, my first product. Uh, product. Yes. That's a very typical German product. Yeah. So with the new products then, you know, obviously you've got it on Germany. Yes. You know, our typical, you know, obviously we look after you know, the whole of the EU. So we, you know, we, we sort of know the market relatively well, but what's the thinking and, and process? When, when do you think you'll you get that into the other countries? I'm actually looking into that right now. I'm, I try to go into France and to Spain. So what I'm thinking now is if I should, and I, I, I don't know that yet, if I should, uh, you know, if, you, if I should enter the Penny U program uh, that Amazon offers, or if I should keep my stuff in Germany and sell it out to these other marketplaces. So, but it's something that I'm considering um, at the moment. I think let me, let me, you, yeah, cause obviously we, we come across this question quite a lot. And I think that the key thing says that the, the, the European fulfillment network where you ship your goods from Germany into the other countries is the best way to start. Because if you're on the pan EU program, that's amazing. What that means is you get all your products in every country and they fulfill them from every country. So every country gets it from prime. And when I say every country, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, uh, and Netherlands, uh, you know, you've got that. But what that means is because your products are stored in those countries and the UK at the moment, they're also stored in Poland and the Czech Republic. Now, what that really means is that you have to be VAT registered in all of those countries if you don't have a business in those countries. So anyone from selling outside the EU or in Europe that's not registered in those countries as a business needs to be VAT registered. So what happens is on the Pan EU program is you're, you're increasing your costs um, significantly because you don't have the ability to, well, because you, you've got the ability, sorry, to fulfill from those countries, you've then got VAT uh, representation required. And you're then increasing your cost significantly straight away. We would recommend turn on European Fulfillment Network. You can ship your products to all the other countries. And then when you see that there's this thresholds, okay? So when, you, when you're going from Germany, there's a threshold into France, you know, Spain, Italy, or wherever it's about probably 35, it's 35,000 euros. So, and into the UK, it's uh, 70,000 pounds. So when you're doing that shipment, you can look on your report and see when you're reaching, when you're reaching that threshold. Because when you get to that threshold, at that point, you can then go, well, then I'll put my products in that country and I'll start fulfilling. And that's the best way to do it. Uh, that's right. not everyone. Some people might want to go, I want to go all guns blazing and put all my products in those countries and just go for it. No problem at all. But that's quite a risky strategy. Um, yeah. If you, and, if you, yeah. and especially for, for, so for example, I don't want to sell in any country. I only want to sell particular, want to sell this product in France. So 
so you recommend I keep them in Germany and uh, just basically create a listing uh, on the French market place and, and sell it there rather than sending them out into every country. Exactly that. Yep. So what you do is you basically go on to, onto Amazon seller central, go to sell globally. Your products will all be, you'll probably find in most cases, your listings are already listed in those countries. You just need to tick the button. You tick the button for France and France will now see your product. You might need to tweak the listing. You mm. get it translated and all that sort of stuff. But France would then do it. Then what happened is that automatically just gets shipped from Germany into France. Now, problem, need problem to is only the, the shipping time, right? The cost of the shipping time. Yeah, you'll need to customer. adjust that in the back end. So under settings on the right hand side, you go down to shipping and you can you can adjust the, the settings down there on what that cost looks like, the time frame and everything else, depending on whether you're FBA. If it's in FBA, then FBA will look after a lot of that for you because they're going to ship it. Uh, the downside to being on, on the European Fulfillment Network is the cost of shipping across border is higher. But to start off with, like, right. you don't need to worry about that. Like, let's just get the product selling. You know, if you see it starting to sell well and you think you've sold like you know, £10,000 in, in a few months, yeah, get, get VAT registered. Yeah, go all out. Gotcha. That's a good you point. Know? But don't, yeah, because I think too many people go, well, let's be VAT registered everywhere. Let's go right. pan a U. And then what that means is their costs are so high that they've got to sell products in every country. You know, and I, I know from the data I see that, you know, Germany and France, Germany and the UK are about a third each of the whole of the European Amazon. So two thirds of all sales happen in the UK and Germany for the average product. Mm. All of the other countries are relatively far down the, the scale. So even France, Italy, and Spain, it goes on a complete trajectory down on the amount that's sold in those countries. So, you know, you have to balance that out and think, you know, how that's going to best work for your product. Yeah. So keep them in Germany, you said. Use the European Fulfillment Network and then ship them out. Exactly. Yeah. That's the gotcha. way to go. Mm. Okay. I'll look into that. And then you can see that. And that is really straightforward and easy. You know, it's a, it's a, 10 minute job max uh, to get that set up. So, you know, and actually you could, you could, if you want to sell in Italy and Spain, you can do that at the same time. I mean, you could do the whole of Europe. You could press the whole of Europe and be fulfilled from Germany. So I know you said you were thinking just those countries, but for the sake of pressing four buttons, you might as well, or five, because you've got the Netherlands apologies. You, might, you could easily just press all of them and let, let them do it. Now there is, there's only one thing you need to consider is that what happens is if you get a return in one of those countries, the return, so let's take France as an example, you know, uh, I've got a water bottle in my hand. Okay, you'll see it if it's on the video, but obviously if you're, you're listening on the podcast, you won't hear it, but I've got a water bottle. Typical sort of water bottle you might be able to buy on Amazon. Now, if, you buy, if, if I buy this in the UK, let's say this is your product, Florian, I get this in the UK and I decide I don't want it, I'll return it. We know people return things on Amazon. There's no problem with that. Now, what will happen is, is that will go back to a UK fulfillment center. Now, because that's in a UK fulfillment center, that then triggers a VAT obligation if you're not careful. So what you need to make sure you're doing is looking at your return reports, uh, which you can find under the inventory reports tab. And basically you take that, you basically look for your reports. And as soon as you get a, something come back returned, you then basically pull that out and get that back to Germany because otherwise you'll end up triggering a VAT obligation if you're not careful. All right. 
So you don't, so what about what about things. what about the the shipping costs? That's that's something the customer has to pay then. No? So or yeah, I mean, be able to. Well, you will be able to, and because you can set the settings in in uh, Amazon Seller Central, so you can set the ship. So let's say that you want to charge the customer an extra pound or two pounds or two euros, whatever it happens to be, you can put that into Amazon Seller Central, or you can put it as included in the price, depending on what you want to do. I got you. Yeah, um, and that's it's straightforward. But you do need to consider the returns. That's the only thing you do need to consider um, because that does, does have an effect. So what, what about the, what about if I sell a substantial amount of goods to a particular market, let's say in France, um, and it exceeds a threshold, is there any type of tax that I'm reliable to pay then in that country? Or is there any threshold where you say, okay, now it makes sense to roll it out penny you? Uh, so uh, the first thing is you, you'll just be, you'll just trigger the VAT in those countries. So the tax you'll have to pay will be the VAT. So that's from the, the very first sale. No, uh, cause you got, so there's something called the distance selling threshold. So when you're selling into France, you've got 30,000, you're 35,000 euros. You can sell into, into France. So until you've hit that 35,000 euros, you pay the VAT in Germany. All right. If you're a German registered business that hasn't reached the threshold for VAT in Germany yet, then you might not have to pay VAT at all. All right. But I, I, you, you'll know better on the German side than I will for, the, for that sort of accounting side. Now, on that, what then happens is, is that once you've reached the 35,000 euros, that's when you then have an obligation to register and then start paying the VAT. Yeah. So that's how that works. So that was the first part of the question. What was the second part? Well, if, if you if you suggest that a particular threshold after a particular threshold is reached uh, to switch and put the goods into France, penny and use penny U, mm. once you exceed that, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. So my suggestion typically is to register in the countries where you see the the sales going. So let's say France, you saw that, then you've got Germany, sorry, then you've got the UK, then you've got Spain. You do it one by one because what happens is is that apparently you have to register on, in seven countries. And that includes Poland and the Czech Republic because Amazon's got fulfillment centers there, soon to be Austria and possibly Slovenia and Slovakia as well. So there is a huge cost for doing all of those when you're not selling in those. So what's the number of sales? Well, it depends on the profit of your products. So you're looking at, to do Pan EU VAT, you, you could be looking at five to eight thousand pounds per year in VAT in submissions and things. So you need to look at the profit of your product to then work out when that works. Now the advantage is, is that you could put all your send all your products to Germany, and Germany will distribute those in the Pan EU program. So Amazon will actually send your products to France for you free of charge, to get them on the Pan EU program. So there are some cost savings to consider. With that, is there a magic number? It's all down to your products. If I say, well, 100,000, people will go doing it 100,000 and say, I don't have enough profit. So it's all down to the profit within your product. And how would I know my, my inventory levels? Is that one inventory level, the stuff that I have stored in Germany? Or if it's then shipped to France or Spain, Italy, how would I know how many products are currently in other countries? Are you doing inventory report? So you should, okay. you, you will see that on your seller central, uh, but you can do an inventory report as well. So you can put an inventory report that shows you where everything is in your, in, in, in each European country. 
So you know, you've got three in Poland and five here and 10 here and 100 here. You can do all of that. But under your Seller Central, under your dashboard on Manage Inventory, if you will just see how many's in your total inventory. So if you've got 100 units, let's say, it will show 100 units available. But when you pull the report, it might show 10 here, 10 there, 20 there, 30 there. And that's how you would see it. So you wouldn't see any difference. So, so you can manage that really easily. Um, Understood. So that was... That was good. That was a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, information for everyone. And hopefully, that's useful for you as well, Florian. You that sort of information. Because, that. You know, if you're going through that, I suspect other people are asking exactly the same questions, and that's really what this is all about: making sure people have got the answers they need in order to help them to expand. And that's you know, we talk typically talk about expanding from outside the EU in, but really, it's the same process whether you're in Germany and around the whole EU as it is to from the US. You know, once you're in one country, get into the others. Yes, it's a lot closer, but it, it, it's the same sort of thing. Um, now, is there on that actually? And I think that's really key. Is what sort of resources do you think would be would have been useful or were useful when you were launching? I mean, in in terms of general uh, learning about Amazon, or uh, yeah, just in general about Amazon. What resources? I mean, as I said, podcasts are a great resource. Um, I think uh, I've learned a lot through podcasts, just listening through podcasts and um, just reading stuff as well. Blogs, podcasts, um, talking to other sellers. Well, this is one of the main reasons I, 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 I put myself on Instagram is to just basically get in touch with other people in the field, in the industry, right? Um, because let's be honest, it, it can be quite lonely as an Amazon seller. You sit on your computer in your office all day, um, yeah. but you're not really, you're not really out there. And, the Amazon community is a global community. So just being able to uh, reach out to people, ask them questions, follow their journeys, uh, teaches you a lot as well. Yeah, I, I think that's really key, especially at the moment when you know, we can't travel to educational events or conferences. Yes. I think that's, that's, that's really key. Have you been to any conferences or anything at all? Nope. No, there's, uh, no, there's no, some... Not yet. But it's on my list. I wanna, I wanna get more out there and travel and... Uh, and, and, and Obviously, you meet people in person as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, we, I mean, we do some great ones. White Label and Prosper and ASD. There's some amazing ones out there. Loads of, there's yeah. lo I mean, there's so many. Um, yeah. It's, you, uh, do any, you do any, any conferences yourself? Any meetups? Yeah, so we've, I mean, we, we're doing, I mean, the ones we've got coming up, we've got White Label, Prosper in, okay. in the States, uh, ASD in the States. And there's a whole, our aim this year was to go to one a month. Uh, in, oh. in, but, um, uh, that saved me a, a few flight bills, didn't it? Um, but uh, I would rather have been travelling because I love the travelling side of things. I get yeah, a week of peace. Uh, yeah. Don't tell my wife. I don't think she'll listen to this, so I think I'm going to be quite safe. Uh, a week from, away from the wife and kids is like peace <laughs> and heaven. You get on that plane and you're quiet and you've got no one interrupting you other than the air stewardess. Would you like another drink? I'll take that drink. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, so I think that's great. Okay, right. I think we need to start wrapping up, if that's okay. Now... Florian, what sort of advice would you give anyone that's either looking to sort of set out or expand to Germany that might be useful for them? I mean, first of all, as we touched on earlier, is probably if you want to expand, um, make sure that whatever you're selling right now is solid and that these products are worth expanding. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm sort of at the stage right now where you're starting out, you have a few products, you're trying to launch your third, fourth product, and then should I stay in one marketplace or should I expand? That's a decision that at some point you have to make. So I'm trying to figure that out for myself as well. But um, 
you know, just, just before you enter a market, I would say just educate yourself on it. You know, every, every market is different. The US is different than the UK and Germany. And I guess Japan is very special as well. Um, just try to understand the customer who lives there. Try to understand the demographic and, and tailor your listing based on that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great point. Even just basic translations. You're getting yeah. the translations right, the pictures of the products. And I also think is get a professional translator. Don't just hit the button and let Amazon translate it because oh, keywords, no. everything, everything changes, right? Do your keyword research as well. Hire a freelancer, hire a, someone, a translator, and then they can, they can do that for you. But, but take the time really to, to perfect the listing. I think that's important. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Now, Florian, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way of doing that? Best way to do that is on Instagram, uh, my seven figure FBA journey, shoot, shoot medium. I am very responsive, uh, responsive on there. Um, so yeah, it's the best way to reach me. Always Fantastic. happy to uh, connect with you guys. Fantastic. And I want to say a yeah, huge shout out, say thank you very much for, for joining us and giving up your valuable time. It's a pleasure. We really it's appreciate pleasure. it. Uh, it's thank been you. amazing having you on. So thank you very much. Pleasure. No worries. Thank you. And uh, this is it from Expander Series today. Thank you very much for joining us. And we look forward to having you on the next podcast coming very, very soon. Please make sure you give us a like, a share or rate us wherever possible. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thanks very much.